Welcome to the Lanier Hills Church Sermon Podcast, where faith meets life. I'm Pastor Randall Popham, inviting you to explore wisdom from the Word with us. For more information, visit us online at lanierhills.com. Hello, good morning. How are you today? Good, good. Uh, So thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you if you're online with us, tuning with us today for worship. We appreciate you. Uh, We have people all over, local and and around the nation, around the world, literally, who tune in for worship with us. We want to tell you uh, just thank you. But if you're local, man, you need to come check us out. You need to come in and experience this amazing community that we have here at Lanier Hills. Um, And if you're new here today, inside the church, inside the building, I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. I know there's some new folks here today and haven't got a chance to meet you. Love to get to know you a little bit after the service. So I'll be out in the lobby. So come by and say hello if uh, if you get a chance. Unless you just are like hated this morning, just you might want to you might want to go do your own thing, right? So. Um, anyway, so come on, and if, uh, I'd love to get to meet you this morning. But uh, do you have a Bible with you? Go ahead and get it out. We're going to be in John chapter 8. Um, John chapter 8. In just a few moments, we're going to get there. Now listen, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. If there's, there's, we will give you one. There's one underneath the seats. If you don't have one, take that with you. But also you can scan the little QR code on the little bar, on the little uh, sticker on the back of the seats, and it'll take you to the scriptures today, the sermon notes, it'll take you to links for everything you need today and uh, events and all that. So take a moment, fill that out. But uh, thank you guys for being here. Man, I love my church. I love you guys. Thank you. I, I was just thinking this morning how privileged I am to get to serve such an amazing church and to be a part of what God's doing in this community and this this church in the middle of the woods, in the middle of a lake. And what God's doing here is so cool to be a part of. Do you know we are, for the last couple months, almost um, three months, we are baptizing more than, more than an average of more than one person a week here at Lanier Hills Church. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> we have a baptism this morning. We've got some more coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's, it's just neat to see when they, what God is doing. We're baptizing people on Wednesday nights with our kids' ministries and teenage ministries and, and just really great things happening. There's churches in America, and most churches don't baptize a single person in a year. And for us to be able to be a part of that, it's just really cool to see what God is doing and be a part of that. Now, listen, that doesn't happen just because of me, that we have great staff. Man, I love Dan. I love Julie. You guys got kids in there. Don't, don't they do a great job? They do a great job. We're blessed with that. We have great worship leaders, great elders who love this church and who aren't just sitting around on a board. They are involved in the community of this church and helping serve. Great teams back there like Ben and Kevin and others who are running sound and lights, people greeting and like Courtney who leads that team and ushers. It's all, and then when you give, it all makes a difference. So every baptism we have, if you're serving and you're giving, you had a part in it. Thank you. That's so cool to be a part of. So thank you for that. Now, I've got a question for you as we start off. We're going through the book of John. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But I've got a question for you. Have you ever bought something thinking, man, this is going to give me so much more freedom in my life? Have you ever bought something like that? Like uh, um, when I was 15. What do you want when you're 15? Your license. What do you want with the license or what? A car, because it's going to give you what? 
Freedom. When a car comes freedom. So my dad was, a, he painted cars, worked in a body shop, and he was always dealing with cars. And so he found a car at that one day and at uh, the body shop. He fixed it up, painted it, and he kept telling me, I got a car for you. You can't see it. I'm going to get it ready for you. He painted it and got it all ready. And, and I remember the day he said, I'm bringing your car home today. You need to be there. And I'm like, I'm so excited. And, and I'm there at the house, and I see him pull up, and it's this, it's, it's, it's freedom, right? It's a 1979 Buick Regal, brown, the color of dirt, and it was, and it was as long as a bus. <laughs> but man, it, it represented freedom for me. I could go somewhere, I have my own wheels now. I could go hang out with my friends. I mean, in suit, like at that day, I'm like, I'm out of here. And I just drive, you know, drove off, and I remember, man, but here's what I found. With a car comes responsibilities. And dad, my dad said, now you get the car, but you got to pay the insurance. What? Bills? My first bill? So I had to pay, you know, car insurance, and then car doesn't go without gas. Who's paying for the gas? Now, some of y'all take care of that for all your family, your kids and all that. That's your, your thing. My dad was like, you're paying for it. And I remember multiple times, like, pull, on fumes, pulling into the gas station, and the gas was 75 cents, and I'm pulling back the seats looking for quarters. Anybody else? You know, and that would get you down the road because you could have it go and change. But, you know, but I had to get a job now because I had a, had a car and I had responsibilities. So the freedom came with some things that, like, were like, oh, a job and, you know, bills. So... But now we're older, we think it doesn't get any worse. We just have more expensive cars, right? And what now we go to a job, and, and a lot of people, you go and you're an hour and a half in traffic, and you sit there all day, and then you come back an hour and a half traffic, and you are a slave to your car, right? Now, thank God for jobs. Thank God. For, I'd rather be, have a car than walking everywhere, wouldn't you? <laughs> so I like a car. But I don't only like all the stuff that comes with bills. And how about this one? How about, how about a cell phone? Man, I can't if, remember the days when oh, uh, my generation, remember when you, to talk on the phone, you were tethered to a wall, right? And you'd twirl that line up and talk, you know, all that. And you, if you wanted to talk, and if you had to have, the, you know, that. And, and now... We have the freedom. We can go anywhere we want and we can talk. And now we've got like Star, you know, Star Trek technology in our hand. And you can see people and all that. But along with that, now I don't just have a phone. I've got a, wa a phone with a, a watch with a phone on it. So I can be talking to both, you know, whatever. And anytime, I mean, now people have 24 access to me. This thing that brought freedom has brought me not freedom. Anybody else feel the same way? You ever go somewhere on vacation, you don't have any cell service, you're like, thank you, Jesus. No one can get a hold of me. So it promised freedom, but it has brought us something else. See, everybody here, we're constantly searching for something to give us more freedom. In our time, in our life, in our finances, whatever, we want freedom. But here's what I want us to recognize today. This is important. This is where we're going. True freedom isn't about external conditions and things, whatever. True freedom... Is about an internal transformation. It's what happens here inside, not out there, not the things. It's an internal transformation. Jesus is going to talk, us about, talk to us about this internal transformation today and where, how we have it. 
what it looks like, how to experience it, how to have the fruit of that true freedom in our life today. So it's an important scripture that we're going to see. So I want us to have open ears and eyes and not be distracted by anything else. So let's just ask God to speak into us. Will you do that with me this morning? Would you pray? Our Father in heaven, God, we love you. Let your kingdom come today in our hearts. The freedom you want for us, Lord, help us to, to grasp it, understand it, live in it, experience it, preach it, live it out. Lord, we want it, but Lord, it happens when your spirit moves in us. So would you give us spiritual eyes to see, spiritual ears to hear, a mind to understand, and a heart that is teachable today. Open us up to what you want to do. We invite you to do your work in our life, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So John 8 is where we are today. John 8, 31, just a second. Here's what's been going on. Jesus has gone to the Feast of the Tabernacles. It's a big holiday, a week-long holiday where they go and they celebrate where, and remember how Jesus brought them out of captivity. They were in captivity for hundreds of years, right? And they have come out of that, and so they're there celebrating their freedom from captivity. And, um, and they, so they have these hol- this holiday for seven days, and they live in these makeshift hunt, huts to remember how they survived in the desert, how God provided for them. And they would also go to, go to hear preaching every day and teachings by the rabbis and the priests. And so they would go in, and they would hear the teaching, and Jesus shows up halfway through, and he starts teaching. And we saw the last few weeks several things he said. And people have started to believe in him and And we pick up where Jesus addresses those who are believing in him, but he wants the whole crowd to hear so they all can get it and they find this freedom. So here's what happens. Let's go to this scripture. John chapter 8 and verse 31. Now, this is a lot of scripture. Hang in there. I'm going to come back and explain it if you don't grasp it. So here's what it says. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know you are Abraham's descendants, yet you are looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. That's why I want to pray every week, Lord, open up our hearts to your word. I'm telling you what I have seen in my father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. Jesus says, if you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. Now listen, what did Abraham do? He had faith. He was known for his faith. As it is, you are looking for a way to kill me and a man who had told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the works of your own father. We are not illegitimate children, they protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. I think Jesus might have offended somebody right there. 
right? And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he he speaks his native language. He is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe in me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God, here's what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So, all right, so what does this mean? What's Jesus talking about here? It's a lot of, it's a lot, a lot of words in there. So Jesus talks off. He's talking to his disciples and with his new followers, and he's saying this to the crowd. He's saying, listen, if, if you want to be my disciple, here, here's how you know if you're really my disciple. You hold to my word. You hold to my teachings, and then you will know freedom. And they, re, they, they come back, and they say, what do you mean? Like, we are free. And then he goes on and he starts to show how they're not really free. And I want to talk about this. And there's three areas that I believe God implies to them. And it's the same for us, where where he shows us that we're not really free if we are doing these things or believing these things. See, first thing Jesus implies to them, he says, you're enslaved to your identity. See, here's what they say. When Jesus says, you'll be free indeed, they go, we are free. We've never been slaves. Abraham's our father. But I think they forget The reason they're there celebrating the Feast of the Tabernacles, why? Because Jesus brought, I mean, the Father brought them out of slavery, (laughs) right? And then they forget that even in that very day, they may not be slaves banging away hammers with chains, but they are in captivity to the Romans. They can't even see their own slavery. But Jesus isn't even talking about that kind of slavery. What Jesus is talking about is a spiritual slavery. An internal slavery. And even if they are still held captive by the Romans and have been slaves, he's saying, you're still a slave because of what's going on inside of you. Because of your lack of faith. And, and, and so they are putting their, they're recognizing, they're saying our freedom is tied to our identity, our descendants and who we are. And, but Jesus wants them to recognize this. Freedom isn't found in any identity outside of Christ. This is important for us today. We're free. Americans were free, but are we free? Are we really free? How many people have the ability to be free, but they're still enslaved to so many things in their life, and one of those being their identity? You tie your identity to your work and your success at work. Like you think, you know, listen, hey, I'm, when I reach this point in the ladder have this success, I'm free. Here's what I found. The more higher the ladder goes, the more enslaved you are. And then what happens? Maybe one day the, the work lets you, says, we don't need you anymore, and your identity comes crashing down. You're not free. You're tied to that, jerk, that, that work. Or maybe it's tied to your beauty and your health and, you know, staying active and how your pride and how active you are. And then you get sick or you get injured and then you realize, my identity was in those things rather than in Christ. Maybe it's to your paycheck and you lose the paycheck and your world comes crashing down. Maybe your identity is found in being with some person and that person walks out the door and you're like, my world comes crashing down. You're not free if you're dependent on anything else. 
Jesus says, true identity, your true freedom is in him. Me personally, I took a lot of pride over the years of being active and healthy and working out and riding bikes and being and doing adventure races and doing all this fun stuff. And then I get cancer, I break my arm real bad, have another surgery for the cancer because of the cancer. And man, for two years, I was in a depression because you know what? My identity was tied to my health and my ability rather than who I am in Jesus Christ. And over the years, being the pastor here for 18 years, let me tell you how God reminded me that my identity is in him. See, on a, on a good day when the church is full on a Sunday, and my wife will tell you this, on a day when the church is full and everybody's here and everything's great and, man, people are responding to the message, I go home, I'm in a good mood. Like, hey, that's a good day. Man, that's a good day. And then, and then there's those days where I don't know what happened, but I think you all send texts to say, let's not show up to church today. <laughs> you know, but nobody's here. And then I go home, I'm like, I think I'm just going to quit. <laughs> and then I, and I, my, my emotions are like this. You know why? Because my identity was tied to the achievement and what happens at the church when that is never where my identity needs to be. The only safe place to put your identity is in Jesus Christ. And he wants them to know you're enslaved to this identity. If you want to know real freedom, it's not out there, it's in here. And then he implies this. Jesus implies that they are enslaved to sin. He says, if you keep on sinning, you're a, sin to, I mean, you're a slave to sin. And they're like, we're not slaves to sin. But he's reminding them that, yeah, you are. And listen, listen, if you keep doing wrong things, sins, those things control you. And you may be like, I've got control over them. Maybe not if you keep doing them. He's like, you keep doing these things. And the scripture is really clear that Freedom doesn't come from doing your own thing and disobeying God. The scripture is really clear. Like if you want to have, have blessings, you want to see God's favor in your life, you, you do the things God calls you in the way he wants you to do them. And, and I've seen so many people in life get to the place where like, you know what? You know what freedom is? And people who grew up, and this happens a lot, young people. If you grew up in church and you've been taught the truth and you start to get to think on your own and like, man, all that stuff I learned, that's not freedom. I'm going to be free to do my own thing. And then you wonder why your life goes to, goes to crap. I got a, had a phone call. I talked to a friend a while back, and this friend, he was just in, in tears. He said, man, I've gotten, my life's just in pits. And we started talking about it, and he said, yeah. he said well, first thing, my, my girlfriend moved in with me. She moved in with me, and, and after she moved in with me, we... Uh, you know, we, my family all said, this is a bad choice. She's not good for you. And everybody around me said, this is not the right person for you. And, but I, I said, I'm a, I don't care. I'm a, she's going to move in with me. And then just to kind of, you know, get through the day, I just, I'm smoking, you know, some marijuana just daily. I'm just smoking some marijuana, getting through the day. And, and then, and when things get rough, I'm drinking a lot. I'm getting drunk. And he's like, and I can't believe God's letting me go through all of this. And I want to go, dude. God's not doing it. You are. A lot of times we get ourselves in trouble and we want to blame God when it was our own decision to disobey him that gets us in trouble. See, here's what sin does. Listen, 
Charles Stanley said it best. Look at this up on the screen. Charles Stanley said this, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Isn't that true? You think, oh, I can do a little bit. I can do it my own way, do things this way. And what do you end up with? You, under, you end up with trouble in your life and relationships and all the stuff that comes along with it. Sin always says, hey, there's no problem with it. But listen, there's a problem. The scripture promises if you sow, if you reap, I mean, you sow in sin, you're going to reap in sin. And he says, listen, if you guys keep on in your sin, you're, gonna, you're not really free. And we are a lot like that, aren't we? to the little lies and listening to them. It never leads to more freedom. Then Jesus implies to them this. He says, you're enslaved by your false beliefs. So he pointed out to him, it's like, if you really knew me and you trusted me and you had your faith in me, you'd know I come from the Father. The words I speak are from the Father, but you can't even hear them because you're listening to your father, the devil, who is the father of lies. He says, you, you're, you're caught in these false beliefs and you can't even recognize the truth. And what Jesus is, imp- is saying here is true freedom. Listen, true freedom is bound to recognizing and, and internalizing this idea, accepting that truth is found in Jesus and nowhere else. Jesus is the truth, not in anywhere else, not in these false beliefs. And so many of you, and a lot of us, we have false beliefs. Some of you got false beliefs in this. It's not in the grace and the hope that Jesus offers. Your, your false belief is if I had lived perfectly, do all the things and live this really holy life, God's going to love me. Tell you what, that's not freedom. That's legalism and it leads to bondage. Some of you are like, if I'm, if I'm just perfect, you have this perfectionism in your faith. And like, if you aren't perfect, then God must not like you. That's a false belief. and That does not lead to freedom. There's only been one perfect name, person. His name is Jesus Christ. The rest of us are just sinners saved by grace. Or maybe your, your false belief is, you know, if I just have enough money, if I have enough people, I have enough pleasure, I'll be free. And we can't accept the truth of who Jesus is. And here's what happens. When we get tied into that sin, we get tied into these false beliefs, we get tied into false identities, we're enslaved. And that enslavement detracts from experiencing the true freedom that Jesus wants for us. So how do we have freedom? How do we get the freedom that Jesus wants? He gives us the answer and he started when he said, all right, to all those believers, the first thing he said this, he said this, to the Jews who had believed, he said, If you hold, he says in John 8, 31, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Let's pull that scripture up. John 8, 31. If you hold, I underlined it there for you, to my teachings, you're really my disciples. And what does that mean? The idea of holding, holding. Jesus is saying, if you want to truly be free, hold to my teaching. Now, what does that mean to hold? It it means this. I think we have it up here. Hold doesn't merely mean belief. It means to live by, and this idea of the Greek word, or abide in. It's to hold to it. It's just like, this is the truth. I'm guided by it. I'm going to stick to it, not wave to the left or the right, but I hold to this as my life source. It's like, it's like a recipe. I got a question for you. How many of you, I'm going to take a little poll here. How many of you, like, if there's a recipe 
you stick to it to the T and you, and you cook according to that. Anybody here? Some of you? A few of you? Yeah? All right. A few smart people. All right? How many of you like, it's a guide. It's kind of a guide. I do my, I want to add a little bit of this, right? And you're living dangerously, right? See, that, that's, that's, my, that's the difference between my wife. I am the guy that's, I'm going to stick to it. Like, there are people smarter than me, cooks and chefs who come up with recipes, and I've not been to cooking school. They're pretty good at it. And they know how to cook, so I'm going to follow the recipe. As a matter of fact, I found something even smarter than those cook. It's called um, artificial intelligence, called ChatGPT. You know what? I mean? I'll go to my, I'll go to my uh, refrigerator and say, all right, ChatGPT, act like a five-star or three-star Michelin chef. And um, I've got ketchup, <laughs> and I've got some noodles, and I've got, and you know, I will list off the random things and I'll say, now give me, a, give me 10 options for a meal with that, with a recipe. Boom, right there. I'm like, yes. And I have fixed some of the best meals, my wife will tell you. They are, they've been really, really good. And I follow that to the T because, hey, even artificial intelligence is better at cooking than me. <laughs> and I follow. Now my wife, she's like, okay, yeah, I see that. Now, she loves, she, uh, game day, she cooks chili almost every day. We had some chili yesterday. And um, I don't think the chili has ever been the same ever. <laughs> Anybody else married somebody like that? You're like, and yesterday we were watching the George and Auburn game. We're in there eating. We're, like, we're all like, this is really good. And here's what, I, if it's good, I'll say, whatever you did this time, do it again. <laughs> because there's been some batches and I already warned her I'm sharing this today. There's been some batches. I'm like, I didn't go back for seconds. <laughs> There's a blessing <laughs> in following the recipe. <laughs> it's true in our spiritual life. Jesus says, if you hold to, live by his teachings, you will have true freedom. It's when we add in, do our own things, you know, swerve away, you know, throw in whatever we're going to do. And then we think, oh, I'm going to be free. They're not free. The freedom is listening and obeying. That's the freedom he's talking about. Then we end up with some good chili. (laughs) True freedom is not found just in knowing the scripture. You can know the recipe, but it's in living it out following him. So how do you do that? Let me give you some practical steps. A lot of you know this, but maybe you don't. Let me just remind you. First thing, you've got to dive deep, dive deep into the words of Jesus, not just skimming over it. It's the only time you get in God's word. It's on a Sunday morning. Listen, you're not diving deep. You're just getting a skim. But it's when you take the word yourself and you say, all right, God, teach me. I'm doing a Bible study on Wednesday nights and anybody's invited. It's not in a group. Come to my group on Wednesday nights here at 6.30. And all we do is take a scripture and with the stories of the scriptures and we open it up, we ask the same six questions. What do we like about this scripture? What, what gets our attention about this scripture? What bothers us about this scripture? What is God saying? Um, what does it tell us about God? What does it tell us about people? What does God want us to do? And we're digging deep into it and we're getting in the word. Now you can do that every single morning on your own. And you get in that word and you start to marinate your mind. You can't know and abide by God's word if you don't know the word. I like, I like to talk about food a lot. I like food. I like good food. I like, anybody like a good 
steak. Anybody like good steak? Yeah. I like, I like good steaks, but marinated real well. I mean, just done perfectly. Now, I like mine rare. And then some of you are like, Ugh. but I like the taste, right? I like the marinade. I like it coming in. And, but the good steak's been marinated. It has been left overnight, and all that soaks into it. That's good stuff. And here's what, being deep in the words, like saying, all right, God, I'm going to let the word marinate in my mind, penetrate my soul, go deep. Getting in the word in the morning. Jesus did it. Why not you? Why not us? Let every, and then the second thing, let every choice, every action, every word you speak reflect Jesus' teaching. Now, that's tough, man. That's, and no one's going to get it perfect, but we, let it, we say, Lord, filter out everything in my life, my actions, my words, my choices. Let them all be filtered through your word. Let them guide you. Now, you may be thinking, well, I do all that. I'm in the Word. I'm in the Word. And, and I'm letting every word, you know, be guided by my actions. And listen, if that's you and you are, keep going because you know the truth. You know the free, freedom. But here's what I have found. A lot of times we think we are and we've just kind of faded off a little bit. We were at the beach a few weeks ago and there was this guy and their... Um, and his wife, they were out there at the beach, and, and he was just standing there forever holding her. She's in those little, like a pink donut, right? She's laying there enjoying the beach. And I think he decided to go up, and my wife was watching this whole thing. She told me she, he decided to go up and sit on the beach, and she just kept laying there. Well, what happens at the beach when you just sit there, you know, and you're out in the water, and you fall asleep like she did? She started floating out. She gets out beyond the sandbar, she was, she was on her way to Cancun. I mean, she was gone. <laughs> she, and her husband, I think he fell asleep. He wakes up, he sees her, and he goes running out, like, swimming out there and get her. And she, you know, he gets her and brings her back in. That happens in our spiritual life. We, oh, I'm doing great until we actually need to stop and do some self-evaluation. Have I, have I gone away from this? What I know is the truth? So we have to do the third thing, do regular self-evaluation. 2 Corinthians says this, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourself. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless you, of course, you fail the test. So we need to do some self-evaluation. Let me give you some questions you can ask yourself. This is real practical. It's too much to write down real fast. They're on the sermon notes if you want to go there. But first question you want to ask yourself. Let's pull that up. First thing, am I regularly engaging with Scripture? You may say, yeah, on a Sunday, but like regularly. Are you diving deep? Are you regularly reading it, asking questions, examining it, comparing it? How's God want me to live? What's God saying? Are you doing that? Maybe you were at one time, but you're not so much anymore. You're, you're, you're fading out. You're going, you know, you're drifting away. Second thing, do I see evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Is there love? Is there joy? Is there peace? How about this one? Is there patience? See, when you're allowing God to guide your words and your actions, and you're in Him, and you're holding, to, holding and abiding in His teaching, man, those, that's what comes out. Here's a big one. How are you treating others? If you're like, if you're like oh, I love Jesus, but you treat other people like trash, man, you have not gotten it. 
Four, do you seek forgiveness and repent when you err? And we all do. Or do you just keep saying, oh, it's not a big deal. You're drifting away. Do you prioritize worldly values over godly teachings? You hear the scriptures, but then you're like, but you know what? But this is what I feel. And, what this and you kind of start to compromise your beliefs. Then you are drifting away. Number six, do I seek guidance from the Holy Spirit in decisions? When it's time to make a decision, are you asking God, letting him abide you? Number seven, and this is a big one, how do you handle adversity and challenges when life gets hard? Are you abiding in him? See, when we do these things and we are checking our spirit, staying close to him, here's what happens. We, we begin to know the truth. Jesus said this. He says, hold to my teachings and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. When we hold to the teachings, you will be set free. Now, he says this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The word know here is the word gnosko in, in, in Greek. And, and it's not an knowledge of like, I know about it, right? I, I can know the recipe. But until I practice the recipe, then I know it and I taste it. You can see videos and watch images and read about the beauty of the mountains in Colorado and other places, but until you go and stand before them and are in awe, you don't really know them. And this is what Jesus is saying. If you want to know freedom, it's in holding to his teachings. Then you'll know it and, and you'll set you free. And here's what you'll feel. Fulfillment. There'll be fulfillment in your life. You're like, I am following God. I feel fulfilled in my life and purposeful. There's confidence when the world's falling apart. I, I have confidence and you have confidence knowing that God's working all things for your good because you love him and you are living according to his purpose. There's confidence. There's peace whenever all, everything goes. There's courage. There's love and there's joy and there's patience. All of those things. That's the freedom he talks about. He doesn't say you won't have trouble. You won't have pain. You won't have trials. He doesn't say that. But you'll have freedom in them. So here's the challenge this morning. Let's recognize the chains that bind us and turn to the only one who can set us free. For some of you this morning that you've never turned to Jesus, you've been doing life your own way. The weight of it is heavy on your life. You wonder why your life keeps ending up in hardship and just hurt and pain. Well, maybe you're not following the recipe. The recipe is to turn to Jesus, abide in him and his teachings. Trust him with your life. But maybe you're a believer and you know the truth, you know the light, you know, you know the scripture, but are you holding to them? Or have you started to drift off? Today's an opportunity to come back. Say, God, I want to get right, right in line with you. Would you pray with me? So maybe you're a believer this morning and you're thinking, I need to be right with God. I don't have that freedom that this, <laughs> Jesus talks about. And I want you to just pray with me. I want you to pray this, if that's you. 
If you're a believer in Jesus, would you first of all say, thank you, Jesus, for the freedom you give us. Now shine your light into my life. And will you show me any area where I'm still enslaved? Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's a belief. Maybe it's an identity. Maybe it's something else. Where? How are you still enslaved? Now ask. Now, now confess to him. Say, Lord, I, I see what you're shining into me. I see this and. And I confess, yes, that I am, I'm enslaved to that. Now, will you grant me the grace, strength, your power to abide in your teachings, to hold to you? Keep praying about that. Now, maybe you're not a believer this morning. You came in here today. You aren't, you don't really trust in Jesus. You don't know about Jesus. You're watching online. You're like, hey, I've, I hear about you, what you're saying about him, but I don't know. Well, here's what I, the question I have for you. Are you willing to take a step of faith and say, God, I've been doing it my way and I don't know that kind of freedom. And I'm going to, I want, I want the freedom you offer Jesus. So this morning, I open my heart to you. You say that to him, I open my heart to you. To come in and change me. Help me to live for you. Give me faith to believe put my hope and trust in you, Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you for speaking to us this morning. Help us to be people who know real, true freedom, who hold and abide to your teachings, who follow you and let it be seen in the fruit of our life, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray.